This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. So today's chat is, a, is a, an all-encompassing one. We've got some lovely comments from you listeners all about the uh, recent exam results that are uh, falling everywhere and we're in the land of COVID and what the kids want, what do they expect. And two great um, contributions yeah. from Maddie, our 17-year-old, and our friend Carlitos, who's 16. Carlitos, who is one of the COVID yeah. generations, he refers to himself, that couldn't take his GCSEs. Yeah. And of course, Maddie, who's a homeschooler, yeah. has never been on her horizon. So. Doesn't even know what the word exam means. Yeah, it's really good chat, actually. Really good. Really and, good and, and for young people that listen to our podcast, mm. we want to give you one big hug. Yeah. This has been unbelievable for you. And I don't... Because we've... So much of the world is, 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 is dealing with, you know, this enormous situation. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Maybe sometimes the world isn't taking into account how tough all of this is. And when you listen to this conversation, do please add to the conversation afterwards, because I do think we throw up some potential ideas and thoughts for how the system could be made a little kinder and a little less stressful. Once again, here we are in a much more echoey room. Yeah, we still can't get into the studio because of COVID. So if you hear a pitter-patter... That's our dogs. Uh, or it's my feet yeah. coming off. But we're here. We've, we're here. We, We've made it. We've yeah. done it. It's been uh, it's been quite a task just getting ourselves in front of these microphones, actually. <laughs> um, so it's a big week. It's a big fortnight, actually. And mm. we thought we would be on topic and discuss exams. So we've just had the A-level results announced yesterday. Mm. Mm. Um, we've got lots of very nervous 16-year-olds all waiting for their GCSEs coming, you know, next week, I believe, or the week after. Um, and we thought it would be good to have a conversation about the merits, the drawbacks of, the benefits of, the stresses of exams. And and I and I think that we come from a unique position because yeah. we we have been homeschooling our girls for I think five years now. Absolutely. And and exams aren't something on our radar. No. So it's been really interesting for us watching really in a way just the crumbling of the system before mm. our very eyes, watching children that have been made huge promises Absolutely. all shift and change. And I, and and we were talking about this on Loose Women yesterday and I feel quite excited though at the same time completely despondent, because I think this is an opportunity for us to maybe have blue sky thinking Ooh. about our education system. My God, blue sky thinking. We haven't seen too much of that in the last six exactly. months. Exactly. That's we? why I also, though I felt excited uh, running along beside them, I felt utterly despondent because I thought, yeah. I don't think this well, Even as you say the phrase blue sky thinking, I'm thinking... What the hell's that? I mean, I can't think of any evidence of it for quite a while. Yeah, because this is because our government, our prime minister, only last week said it was morally indefensible not to have every single child back to school. So, yeah, lots to chat about. Well, one of the things uh, I did, I did want to sort of mention here, and it's a shameless plug. This is a shameless. Oh. What? 
a shameless plug. Why did you just go and look at your watch? I thought something Oh, no, no, I was going, oh, I've got a buzz on my watch. Oh my God, I, I should again, probably sorry. jump up and down now for 250 oh, okay. I No, I'm saying, what the hell had happened. I was saying, oh, a plug, a plug for oh, what? Right, okay, I thought you've got a plug for the one that's missing upstairs. A shameless plug. <laughs> no, a shameless promotion. A shameless plug for a book. <laughs> okay, go for on. our book. Yes, uh, and the it. fact that I remember when we were writing our book, I, I wrote the sort of subtitle to a, to a chapter, which was, to GCSE or not to GCSE. Mm. This and is our like, book called I, Honey, I Homeschooled. Yeah, yes. which you can order on Amazon. <laughs> um, very smoothly done. Very smoothly done. Well, it was if you hadn't just gone, oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, and in that chapter, I remember as we were writing it and as I j- jotted it down, I remember thinking to myself, how is this going to run? How is this going to float with the majority of people? It felt almost like I'd been you know, sacrilegious, or I'd sworn, or I'd broken some hallowed code, and I had gone somewhere that you shouldn't go. As you wrote it. To query the concept of a GCSE, to even question Mm. whether it's the right Mm. thing or not to do, is like you you draw audible gasps of, you know, hostility and judgment and, what do you mean? Except I don't think so much anymore. Well, no, that's what I thought. And then I did a poll, and that's the next thing I was going to say. We did, you did a poll on yeah. your Instagram. I did one on mine. Yeah. Um, on my Instagram, 69% of people said GCSEs are overvalued, too much importance is placed on them, yeah. and over 63% on yours too. So that's yeah. almost two-thirds of our listeners yeah. believe that GCSEs, too much importance is put on GCSEs. And that's the discussion, not just GCSEs, but A-levels and the whole exam culture. Because yeah. uh, the MP last year, wasn't it, they put forward the idea of scrapping GCSEs. Yeah. And, and he very much came from the perspective that, A, GCSEs were originally um, d- designed because children, a lot of children left at 16, so mm. it was kind of the end of their education. Mm. And I also um, loved all that he said about the fact that the whole world is changing. You know, we are moving towards an AI world and really how relevant all these exams that we that we also put so much promise into for our mm, for our kids, absolutely. and you know how how let down so many kids yeah. feel at the end of it when 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 it's really not the holy grail. Well, I think we should just do very quickly as a quick skirt back and and, and share on our own experiences of of uh, exams. And, <laughs> um, in terms of me, I was the last year of O levels, and I took I think nine O levels, and I got eight. So not 12 or 16 or whatever the ludicrous numbers are these days. I've got eight A-levels. I got three A-levels. And I then went on to university to do a BA. And then I did an MA. And then I started a PhD, but stopped after a year. Um, so I went through every single conceivable exam level that our education system gives you, right up to the starting of writing an actual PhD. Um, and it so, worked for you. And I thought, well, it worked and it in a way, allowed me and it educated me to a level. <laughs> this is quite interesting. It allowed me to look back on my education and see it for all the things it didn't have yeah. in it. But so I see I, all the things it did have in it absolutely. because you are a highly educated yeah. person. You're extremely smart and plugged in yeah. into everything. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily just because of your education. I often yeah. wonder what you would have been like left to your own devices because obviously we're homeschooled now and I yeah. often think about that thing because I love that you're really highly educated because yeah. I'm not at all um but I do often wonder 
what would Mark have been like if he'd been homeschooled, if he'd been left left to just find his way? I well, wonder. interestingly, I, I would say that read our book. Running alongside all of that education was a very sort of almost a sort of quasi home educated lifestyle of being mm. in the most weirdest world, whacked mm. out hippiedom, experiencing all sorts of weird shit, film art, you name it, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But the thing I would say is that whilst, yes, the education system worked for me, it's worked for my eldest girls, Izzy, it's worked for Fleur too. Mm. Um, but you're also, you also have, and I know over the years, and we talk about this in the book as well, we've argued about this because... When I've said I don't have an academic brain or do our, mm. are our children academic, you've got really protective. Don't say that. Well, like it's the worst thing. And I actually have silenced myself about that over the years. But I still think it. But I don't see it as a negative thing. I, I think mm. there are different kinds of brains. And I think the education that you went through was fantastic for you because you have... You have a very creative brain as well, but you have a very academic brain. But I think as a and culture... Not everybody does. No, but I do think the reason I get cross with you when you say that, and perhaps the girls sometimes say it about themselves, I feel as a culture we have been gaslit by the state into believing certain subjects and certain areas mm. uh, best illustrate your intelligence, your intellect and your capabilities. And by extension, certain jobs, lawyers, accountants, doctors are better manifestations of how sophisticated, how clever, how well-equipped and how intelligent you are, journalists. All that, you know, there are certain jobs that have a sort of, oh, parental pride in them, which I think is a carryover from the class system, it's a carryover of snobbery, and it's a total, total miscomprehension of what intellect, intelligence or education is. A friend of our, one of our girls said the other day, a young boy, and he, he's, he does maths, Further maths and something else. And we, and, we went, and we went, oh, wow, you're very clever. Mm. He said, well, I'm just interested in the subjects that the world deems as clever. Precisely. And I thought, what a bloody clever thing well, to that say. Was, that was a very clever <laughs> thing and it was a very humble thing to say as well. Yeah. It was a very sort of, it, it kind of, yeah, it was just a very sort of heartwarming thing to hear. But it's so, made me think a lot. Mm. It's made me think a lot, that comment, because... Mm. I, you and I, I think in some ways our brains are, are very similar, uh, but I also, I suffer terribly with my memory. I've never, I think I'm probably dyslexic. I have a real problem with re- retaining some stuff, not other stuff. And so if if we were to be lined up and tested, I would be seen probably as the stupid one and he was the smart one. But I actually think, I do actually think I'm really smart. I think I have great emotional intelligence. And this is through a lifetime I've come to these realisations. And I think mine is no less valid than yours. And also, why does it ever have to be one thing or the other? But um, I think think in the world, when you think of AI and you think what AI can't do... This is so funny. AI has become a major problem for you. AI can't have a heart. No. It can't have a heart. It can't have empathy. (laughs) It can't paint a beautiful picture. It can't make a stunning movie that will touch people and move people. And Mm. AI can't do any of that. They have got algorithms for making emotional films. Do you know that? Oh, God, don't. But, you know... But, don't say that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think that our education system mm. has to start thinking about that and not putting so much... Well, here's the thing. Yeah, no, I, I entirely agree. So my experience was all those things. Now, as I moved through education, my grades at the beginning were beyond average and my grades got better as I got to A-level and then I did really well at degree and really... So went through it and got better. Now, when I look back at my education, I have never once... And this is sometimes... 
a cause for great upset. I'm not one for showing off about this stuff. I oh, would love to get your no, bloody degree no, score out. Yes, you no, would. No. Are you about to say you do not want I to show off? I have never, <laughs> ever, ever been professionally or formally asked for the grades, my GCSEs, my A-levels, my first degree or my second degree. I think we should frame them. Ever. Let's put them on I the wall. I don't want them. I want them on the wall. That's the point. But the point <laughs> is, and I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of parents listening to this have got great, you know, likewise, we've never been asked. Now, of course... But can I just pause you yeah. there? Because this is what fascinates me, because this is what fascinates me about what's happening right now yeah. with A-levels and GCSEs. I've said to my girls, to the friends that they're waiting in, I said, well, I mean, does it really matter if they don't get such and such, if they're still mm. get to, going to get where they were? Because they've learned the stuff. You should go and give a shit about learning the stuff. No, it's this about is getting the And the thing is, I see your education in everything you do. Mm. You know, being a... Um, a highly educated person gives you enormous um, privilege in the world and you have it. And yet even you, there is still that thing of where do I get to show this? And yet you show it every minute of the mm. day, mm. you know? No, no, no. Well, what I, no, I absolutely do. And I, but I feel like I can. And that's yeah. kind of what I was leading to is I've never been asked what my grades are. But in, in not, and, and that is a little bit of an ego moment where you're like, well, I actually got that. Oh, well, actually I got that. But actually... Of course, learning isn't about the grades. And I think that's where our system is so, so fucked up, basically. Mm. Sorry, I know a lot of people don't like us swearing, but it's part of We can't of help we it. We, just, we are just, just literally just, in our personalities. We're just awful individuals. <laughs> um, so, and that's where I think we go wrong. I think we, um, you know, the first thing people will say quite literally is, and obviously we're not idiots, uh, you get your GCSE grades, the reason they're important is so you can take your A-levels, and the reason they're important is so you can go, go to UCAS, and so the reason they're important is so you can get off to a place at university. That all makes total sense, of course. There is a logic, there's a practical logic, because that's the way the system's been built. My point about it all is, is just passing each of those sort of, if you like, trapdoors of assessment doesn't guarantee you've learned Anything no. meaningful. It means you can pass a test. And this is what's interesting about what so many kids have been saying. Oh, I was just shitting my mocks. I was going to cram at the end. So Absolutely. if you're at the advantage of having a, 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 a great retentive memory mm. um, and the ability to cram, I don't think this is a fair system at all. Not I really me. don't. I think yeah. judge somebody at the end of their education like they do in mm. Finland what did you learn through all this time? Absolutely. And I think, you know, there are, you know, people go, well, what are the practicalities around this? Now, I was blessed because when I was the last year of O-levels, they were obviously looking at GCSEs. And one of the things they brought in for whatever board I did my O-level for was a 50% coursework component. And the thing about that was it encourages you to be on point for longer, actually. It means you don't just think, oh, I'll only focus on the mm. exam day and go into the panic and the mm. stress and the anxiety and all the mental health crises that kind of... That we know are, are, yeah. are present. You are taught to stagger your work and you think about that. You also get a sense, because you're getting grades as you go, of genuine progress. There's not going to be this mm. moment where a trapdoor's pulled mm. away from underneath you. Why and did they change it? Why did they change it? So I, I am of the opinion that I, I go radically the other way. I'm not one of these sort of almost Presbyterian believers that, you know, to take an exam is a great test of what you are and who you are and, and you've got to be, you've got to prove that under pressure. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Unless you're a fireman, 
there aren't actually that many situations where you're going to need to be under that amount of pressure at that young an age. You might be as a lawyer, you might be as a businessman in certain situations have to make decisions and choices, but you learn those on the job. And one of the things I was talking about on our YouTube channel when we were discussing this yesterday, the A-level results came out and you could see the looks and lots of you know students' faces of disappointment, what have you, was that we need to get a system where it isn't where, you know, we haven't got this narrative where unless you get three English maths and three A's and da-da-da, you can't do your A-levels, and unless you get two A's and a B, you can't go to this university. Everyone should study the subjects that they study. They should be assessed on coursework. They should maybe only, as you rightly say, have one sort of assessment on all areas towards the end of their formal education at 18. And when they then want to go to university, rather than this ludicrous sort of, you know, flushing system of everyone going through clearing and who's got this course, because I tell you what, there's a huge number of students who don't even know what courses they're going to do this year, just doing a course to do a course. Not all of them, but there's a lot. Because it's just, it, it's the just, rules it's the are, that's the right, right the passage that the next thing you do is you go to university. Yeah. So my argument yesterday was, and I think this is a very compelling one, is make all universities or places of higher education interview for every single place. Interview for every single place based upon assessment over the years before, and like a job interview. When you go to a oh, job, they'll all say, "Oh, there's no time for that." But when you go to a, when you go to a job interview, you um, you know usually you're going to get the job or not get the job, and then be trained in the job, aren't you? Mm. You know, you don't come to the job knowing the job yeah. inside out. You start as a trainee, you start as a you know as an intern. You, you move your way through it. No amount of education stops you from entering at the lowest level. Yeah. So it's just about reframing stuff. And I just worry that we have a system that is all about hitting youngsters with a sense of failure at so many points, at the age of 16, at the age of 18, and then even at the age of 21 when you come out with a degree. You know, it's it's been structured the way it has because of a system that's now outdated. We don't have a work, we don't have a workplace that guarantees you're going to get the job that you want. We have an overemphasis on countless subjects that aren't always relevant to the lives of the children that are doing them. Children are being forced to make choices at an age when none of us know how to scratch our asses, let alone dictate our career choices based on the GCSEs we take. It's a lunacy. So, you know, my feeling around all of it is that, that exams are an opiate and a, and a sort of, um, uh, uh, we are codependent on them in a massively sort of, addictive manner and I think they are corrosive I think they should be scrapped that is not to say that we don't know and that everything should be coursework assessed and I'll tell you one of the reasons they don't do that and I think I, this is where I feel for teachers so much oh, so they have removed the capacity because of these you know thresholds and these criteria and you have to get this you know every school is worried about its position in a league table and these criteria there are simply to turn these schools into factories outputting products not teachers doing what teachers can do so well if given the freedom, which is to inspire, to educate, to, to encourage kids to see things that they didn't necessarily see. You know, so many, you know, you hear so many stories, don't you, of sort of leaders of business and what have you. So many of them dropped out of school early. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So I mean, many of them... Even the other day when we were chatting about this on Loose Woman, every Loose Woman, it was really funny. Oh, yeah, I didn't... I mean, I did one... I left school at an illegal age almost. I left at 15. Yeah. I'd done my English um, O-level a year early, randomly, God knows why, mm. and got that. And then, yeah, I didn't do, I'd never done another exam in, in my life. And I, yeah, what do I think about that even now? 
Have you ever felt shame or worry or that you're going to be judged? Do you ever feel that people, you know, because it's unusual. It's unusual. Yeah, yeah. I think I went through a lot of years not knowing my worth, but I've also seen a lot of people do that that have, that are highly educated. So I don't think it was just about Mm. that. I struggled with self-worth for a while, but now I wouldn't change it. Mm. I, I'm very frustrated with the restrictions of my brain. Like I know I have issues or I have differences in my brain, you know, dyslexia, ADD or whatever. And I get very frustrated because I, I, I just want my brain to just like open up a bit more. But it's not, I would never go, I would, no, no, no. No what? I don't feel shame. Shame. No, no that's not the, no, but I'm really thinking yeah. about it. That's why. No, I don't. No. I don't. I think ev- everything happened for a reason because it's like anything that you regret. Could I go back to that 14-year-old girl that was in that place that she was and say, come on, set- settle down and do this because X, mm. no, because nothing was going to make me settle down. I couldn't sit still enough mm. in school to to have, you know, to have gone down the exam route. So, you know, I just, I am what I am. Mm. And, and I have a successful life. Mm. I earn a good living. I'm happy. I have good relationships. I have a beautiful family. I have a lovely husband. I have daughters and stepdaughters that I'm proud of. I have interests and I Mm. have a good life. So the fact that I even had to really, really pause when you asked me that question just shows the level of brainwashing. Mm. You know, what is actually wrong with me that I didn't take the exams? And I I think that's a really important thing to say. You know, when I use the phrase gaslit, we have been gaslit as a nation. I do do say that. And I don't think it's necessarily there's some evil spectre called Boris Johnson or Gavin Williamson standing there going, we are, you know, Machiavellianly kind of convincing us all to go this way. What's happened? It's evolved over time. We've got used to it. It once perhaps worked at a certain point in history. Where, you know, I mean, if I hear exactly. once more someone in the 60s, like my mum or someone else say, or my grandparents, they'd say, oh, you came out of school and you walked straight into a job. I mean, talk about rubbing a generation's nose in it. Was it Gavin Williamson that said yesterday they really still do believe that it is the absolute fairest system is to is to test in the way that we do with standardised tests. But the thing is, I don't think it's fair. Mm. I think what it is, is it's easy. They've set something and it's, and well, you know, and we don't underestimate how difficult it is to educate a nation. I, I like like as you, I don't think this is some nasty Machiavellian, no. you know, dark force. It's a system that's This is a system that's mm. fair for the government. This yes. works for them. It's convenient. Does it actually work for the kids? Exactly. It's convenient en masse. But when you then, and this is the point of little chats like this, is us parents, we don't want to always be treated en masse. Some of us do, but not all of us. We want what's best for our children because our children are our children. Um, But one of the comments and phrases I've heard a lot in all of the press coverage around the really, you know, I really feel for the class of 2020, you know, not getting the grades, not being even having the chance to take the grades, having to appeal the grades. All those kids that have really studied hard for years and weren't just kind of cramming their mocks and everyone will always say, oh, I wonder what your grade would have been. It's a horrible, horrible situation. The really interesting phrase that's cut through an awful lot from the government and all sorts of people in the educational, you know, system is this. Oh, yes, but we have to do this to ensure a fair playing field and to make sure that competi- it's fairly competitive. And I thought, hang on a minute. It's not. But hang on, this is, we're looking at education through completely the wrong lens. 
competitive. Yeah, why, why are we immediately work? getting competitive? Well, no, it is a good point. Yeah, because, that's a really good point. Because I think competitiveness feeds into parents, which yeah. is why parents put pressure that's on their children to pass. It's like, here's an interesting thing. Why does it have to be what is competitive? Why can't it be that you inspire children to have a thirst to learn? Why does Precisely. it have to be you inspire children to fight against other children? Exactly. And where does that leave the children that don't have the same brain as the system has been yeah. set up for? It leaves them as one of our girls, I'm not going to say who, saying, oh, it's okay, I've understood, I'm, I understand I'm going to be a failure in life because yeah. I'm in the bottom set of maths. Yeah, what the fuck? In... Yeah. How did you do that to my child? Absolutely. How did you make my child think they were going to be a failure because they're in the bottom set of maths? Yeah. And that's the so-called system that yeah. everyone's saying benefits all children. So, for example, when I was talking the other day about the fact that, you know, Maddie isn't taking her GCSEs, um, that we, you know, we've looked at her options further in her educational life, that her passions are around the performing arts, that she's made a decision to kind of commit towards acting and singing, and that when we look at courses for her in higher education and further education, whether they be short courses or degree equivalents or degrees, you know, as long as she has literacy, numeracy, which obviously she does have, and as long as she can present well and audition well in an interview, she stands a chance of getting in. Those are the basic requirements. As soon as we knew that, my take on GCSEs wasn't she must stop learning. It was she must enjoy learning what everyone is simply saying as a task to pass. Mm. And it's interesting. She then comes to me and she says things like, oh, yeah, no, a lot of my friends don't find, find the L word a dirty word. What, learning? Yeah, learning's like... I'm no, no, struggling no. there no, right. my yeah, different brain. <laughs> uh, the L word, L word is, that, you know, if you say learning, everyone just sighs and they look, yeah. they look put upon. Yeah. And I'm like, that to me is a system that's broke. Fucked. And, and like she said, and like she says, you know, friends of hers that like to love this topic, when they go, in, uh, by the time they come out the other side of a GCSE, they hate it. And they've forgotten it. Hate it. They've hate dropped it, their knowledge know. at the door. They've dropped their knowledge at the door. And the point I'm making about even this reaching to degree level is lots of people came out. I remember coming out of our Shakespeare degree exam class. It was a stressful exam coming out of another exam and people going, oh, thank God, I never have to think about that again. It's like, wait well, a minute. What was the point of coming to university? You've come here for three years to just get what? If education is yeah. simply about getting, and that's my point. So if it's just what about getting the young people. If, yeah, exactly. And this is the other thing that drives me nuts. I think we are to blame socially as adults because we have no imagination when it comes to talking to youngsters. And I hope there are youngsters listening. How many times when you meet an aunt or an uncle or, a, or an older nephew or someone else's parents, they go, what are you doing at school? What school yeah, do you go to? What subjects that, are you doing? I had to have a big conversation with oh Maddie about this because God. I could see her shrinking every time somebody asked yeah, her what yeah, GCSEs yeah. were doing. And I said to her, listen, sweetheart, that isn't your fault because you're not doing it's GCSEs. It's the paucity of their it's, imagination. It's, it's people don't know how to talk to young people. They don't know to say... Or what are you really interested, interested in? What do you love? Yeah, what movies you know, have you seen? Because what movies, what music do you love? Exactly. You know, what makes your heart sing? Have a proper conversation. Or what's the meaning of life? Yeah. You know, asking the big questions. We spend all of our time, went on holiday with it's, uh, Maddie and her boyfriend, talking about astronomy, about yeah. what does infinity mean? You know, this isn't just about the arts and because yeah. we're an arty family. It, you know, adults have a really limited ability to engage with youngsters. And I hate to say it, 
the whole system from 14 to 21 coming out of a degree is actually us as a society not knowing what to do with 14 to 21 year olds. So let's keep them occupied in a system that's defined that we can all just go check in on it. Where are you at? What are you doing? Oh, what a shame. Oh, what are you doing next? What's plan B? If I hear someone else say, what's plan B? What's plan C, C, D, E? I tell you what, I want my children to try plan A all the way down to plan Z. The exactly. point of life is exactly. trying as many That's a really good point. You know, to, to, to saddle a child with one plan B. Plan that assumes there's one narrative in the first place. Yeah. And so I feel so passionately for any young kids listening now who haven't Who've got been the made grace. to feel that their life is going yes. to be a failure if they haven't got their GCSEs. Yes. It's not true. Who felt they were on a precipice at the beginning of lockdown because they could see all of this coming and the government made some last-minute revi- re- reversal to something on 24 hours before. I mean, talk about handing your homework in late. That was the government How doing it. 24 hours. Now, to all those youngsters listening, please, please, please remember that in the grander scheme of things, going back to when I said no one's ever asked me about what I got and I got good grades, no one's ever asked me, it's never stopped me. The point is, it will not harm you. This is not, you know, learning is not about just your grades. You know, we have a work environment that's changing Mm. every minute of every day at the moment. Mm. We have an entirely... Mm. And the other thing is, you can retrain and you can re-educate at any Mm. point. That's not to say that... If you're wanting to get into a particular college oh, or and you need those grades that you shouldn't work for it, of course, of course you should, because yeah. that is the system here and work as hard as you can. And, and, you know, but if things don't go the way that they, you planned, it really isn't the end of everything. And I really do worry about young people carrying that enormous stress on their backs. I'm going to um, go for a more sinister assessment of it. I, I, I begin to wonder whether the reason they have exams is because they don't have a, a higher education system that could cope with the amount of youngsters that would come through beautifully educated if they took mm. the pressure and stress okay. out of exams. Okay. If you had all of your students coming through with coursework, you'd have such an articulate, well-informed, well-educated mass that the higher education industry couldn't cope with it. And I sometimes wonder whether it's a natural culling process, the exam. Think about that. There's a thought. It's just struck me. But let's look at some comments from some people because uh, there's been some really interesting comments here. And then we'll have a quick listen to Maddie and um, Carlitos who've got their takes on exams. Obviously, Maddie not taking GCSEs, but her friends have. And Carlitos, a curious experience this year because Carlitos yeah. couldn't take his couldn't GCSEs. Couldn't take his exams, which so here, I think he was hugely relieved. So here are some comments from our socials. Um, I won't mention who they are in case people don't want to be identified. Uh, but someone here says, will there be the job you study anyway at the end of it all? Yeah, You know, and that goes back to this idea of, uh, you know, yes, the educational system suited an industry and a workplace of X amount of years ago, but it's changed just in the last 10, 10 to 15 years in such a dramatic way. Do we need to be rethinking about this, rethinking the subjects that kids take, rethinking, you know, the, mm. the IT, the coding, all this kind of stuff? You know, we've got a workplace where there are going to be fewer jobs. We need to be rethinking that. Um, someone here says exams are there to provide a sense of achievement and feedback that effort can equal reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. Why not just make it coursework? What is wrong with why is coursework a dirty word? Yeah. I don't understand why coursework is a dirty word. Teachers, you know, I know there's the initial thing of workload for teachers, but actually, I think teachers would prefer to see more successful, meaningful results in healthier uh, students than, than than exam results every year. Um, Someone here says, exams are unfair. I have two boys with autism, incredibly bright in their specialist subjects, utterly unable to sit GCSEs. 
again. We had to, we had a boy on the show and we swim in, in the week and he's second in the world in Fortnite, right? Second in the world. Yeah. How smart is that kid? Yeah. And he's considered like difficult at school, like yeah, yeah. something something along those lines, because he's bored. Yeah. Right? Imagine if he was second in the world in chess. <laughs> he would be lifted onto people's shoulders and taken walk down the street and people would be coming out and cheering for him. Yeah. We have to change. The world is changing. Yeah. We have to change with it. Yeah. Why shouldn't he be applauded, that boy, for being a champion the Fortniteer in the world? Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I've always said that you, you know, as parents, we always have to be less judgy of things that teenagers and kids are into fire them up. that fire them up, because within those things could be the solution. So, for example, kids love animated films; do a bit of animation with them. Kids love computer games; steer them towards coding. That means they could actually get some idea as to how that game's been designed. Um, I did 11 subjects, far too many. Please whittle it down to six or seven that we can really focus on. Imagine that, whittling it down to six or seven, even then if you had to keep the exam experience, mm. they're only having to focus on fewer subjects. Yeah, I think exactly. it makes much more so sense. Our said would have been much better. Yeah, than absolutely. My husband and myself, this is a good one, my husband and myself have no GCSEs and we run several successful businesses. Mm. You know, I think it's really important to those kids who feel for whatever reasons the system hasn't served them or they can't work within the system, just because you can't get even one GCSE, do not be down, negative or downhearted. It's not about, that's not going to dictate the rest of your life. And I think we have to get out of this narrative. It is a narrative that the society sells that we have to pursue. I mean, I finally, someone the other day, and it was, it was the Tony Blair government that was responsible for saying, we need to get as many kids to go through university. The point of the matter is, as Ken Robinson says in his TED Talks, a degree is becoming increasingly, not totally, because many degrees are, aren't like this. But if you have everyone educated to a BA standard, where's the value in a BA? It, it gets diluted. And we have to return, I'm telling you now, to vocational qualifications. And when I say vocational, I don't just mean plastering, building, technical, plumbing, all that sort of stuff. I also mean vocational within the tech industry too. There's a lot of tech industry related jobs that are vocational. And I think, you know, we just need to change blue sky thinking, as, as you said. Should um, we listen to Carlitos now? Yeah, absolutely. I've got his message here. I think exams may be important in some aspects and not in others. Um, I understand that GCSE grades are the grades that you take to your future employers, but I feel the way schools go about it is completely wrong. Um, I'm not just talking about my school, I'm talking about all schools in general as they go about it the same way. Um, they put a tremendous amount of pressure on students like me. Um, you have no idea. And the whole exam system is almost designed to scare you. Um, like the teachers will tell you the pass grade for a subject and they'll tell you the grade that you're working at at the moment and you'll either be above or below uh, the pass grade. And in all schools, you're not very likely to do the courses you want to do if you don't reach a certain grade. Um, it's, so it's kind of like an entry grade, unless there's a specific exception, like if someone has learning difficulties or something, they'll adjust so that they can include. Um, in my case, I was working as hard as I could, but I just couldn't crack the work. But I attend the most amazing college with the best educational support system that I've ever heard of. 
and they just they really helped me and made me feel at ease about the whole situation and helped me with my work. Um, I'm one of the COVID kids, as everyone's calling them. I'm one of the kids that missed their GCSEs due to COVID. Um, I don't have to do them at all, but I know a lot of adults kind of see it as a relief, um, when in reality it's a blessing and a curse. It's a bit of both. Um, don't get me wrong, I am pleased to not have to do them because it's just it's that a massive amount of pressure and stress off my back. But we've missed out on a lot as well. We'll never get the satisfaction of finishing our last exam, you know, putting our pens down, knowing that all our hard work will pay off. Um, we're not going to have a prom, which, um, well, we were going to, but now we don't get one, which is something that people remember forever, you know. It's a key moment in teenagers' lives. Um, and worst of all, we have, like, absolutely no input on our grades whatsoever. So we did our mock exams in February, I think it was. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, their mock exams are just practice GCSEs. And I tried my absolute hardest in every single exam that I did. So I knew my weak points and I knew what I had to work on in order to achieve a good GCSE grade. Um, and then before you know it, school's finished and our grades are being decided for us. Um, and I could have learned so much from February from when the mock exam was to May or June to when the tests are. So I could have learned a lot and boosted my grade in that time frame, but I couldn't because we were in lockdown. Um, the way I see it is like a running race. So you're on the track and you've practiced and trained for so long um, and you're getting ready only for them to say, we're going to decide the winner without you even running, without you taking part. So you don't get that chance to prove yourself and you're like, hang on a minute, I, I want to I want to do it myself, I want to prove myself. So it's, that's how I see it. Um, um, but we do have the opportunity to retake our exams in the autumn, I think the government's saying. But what if the second time they're even worse, our results are even worse than the first time? I just, I just think it's a stressful time at the moment and I just hope that whoever is deciding really takes into consideration the current situation. Oh, bless him. And you can hear... Love you, Carly. Carly does always so articulate. And I think you can hear in, in that answer both that genuine young adults. Of course, there's the joy of not taking a GCSE. Yeah. Wow. But huge. then there's the frustration yeah. of, of delivering on hard work. Because they've, told, they've been told yeah. the only way to prove themselves yes. is with a, with a grade, is with that grade. Uh, yeah. And that's why this is the could be the greatest moment in our education system mm. where we look at the cracks. Yeah, yeah. And we so they are all things. going to feel a sense of loss and failure mm. because they didn't have the grade because nothing has worked out on their coursework. And I do worry, moving on, you know, that, you know, in 5, 10, 15 years' time, people are going to say, you, the COVID generation, oh, either you had it, it's dangerous. Either people go, oh, you had it easy, oh, or, or, you had it, or you had it, oh. you know, toughly. And hey, those of you that are listening, our youngsters, yeah. we're just going to give you one big virtual hug because yeah. I tell you what, My heart's going it's been... You really shit for yeah. you. Sorry well, for the swearing, but I do yeah, swear. She does swear. <laughs> um, well, let's have a listen to Maddie, because, of course, her, her experience is that she comes from the opposite end of the spectrum and that she's homeschooled, um, but is all of her friends have just got their A-level results. Um, so, obviously, with 
like exams and all of that I, I'm not doing those things so I can't speak firsthand but obviously I'm seeing all of my friends getting their A-level results today and stuff and um, I do think I feel like especially with everybody getting their A-level results this year it's like it's especially weird and like especially stressful because obviously they never even sat the exams and um, so people don't really know really know how to feel about the results because it's not really what they would have done or what they would have gotten um and I just think it's it's very confusing it's not like normal you know result days um uh but yeah I mean I've seen all of the stress and the worry and the kind of oh it is what it is um type of energy around it um but yeah I mean at the end of the day the results are very important to everybody and you know, trying to put myself in their situation, I'd be very, like, you know, I'd be very stressed and I'd be very... I'd feel like, yeah, with the with COVID and everything, I'd be very confused about my results because uh, I know a lot of my friends are frustrated because they know that if they actually ended up sitting the exams, they would have gotten better grades. And, and obviously COVID came when they were still doing... Um, when they were still, you know, revising and working for it. So they hadn't properly knuckled down um, because they didn't think that they needed to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like if I were in the situation that all my friends were in it right now, I'd be worried because I know that I would have been messing around up until, like, the last few weeks until the exams. Um, so, and that is the case for quite a few of my friends. They have been really worried about their results. And I think all the results have been rounded down like not rounded up so people have gotten lower grades than they were expecting which is which is, which it really sucks to be honest and it sucks that people aren't going to be able to get into their dream unis just because of them not being able to sit their exams and work properly for what they're doing um I mean personally obviously qualifications are imp like they're important because you know they mean something they get you into the unis you want to go to and everything but personally for me uh, as myself, I don't find them important for me um, because I, I'm not really going and I don't really want a career where I need qualification. I kind of just want to live life. That sounds really like hippie and airy-fairy and yeah, it's very easy to just say that, but like I just don't... Obviously, I know that qualifications are important and exams are, but I don't think that they are what determine you and your life. And I feel like that's where schools go wrong. They do just make everybody think that your qualifications define you. So if you fail at these, you have failed at life. And that's just, it's just not true. Because you can get rubbish grades and still live a very happy, fulfilling life. So I, I do think that there is an over-exaggeration. But at the same time, um, at this age, it is your biggest worry. And it is your one, you know... Uh, the one thing you really are focusing on and really want to achieve. So it does kind of mean the end of the world at this age for people, for sure. Um, but, yeah, it's been... I've been getting, like, second-hand rage. Like, I've been getting angry at the system on behalf of my friends because getting their results today because I know my mates and I know that some of them are, in, like, incredibly smart and they just haven't gotten the grades that they deserved. And it annoys me, not because I think that it should be a problem but I know it means a lot to them and 
there's a lot of my mates who aren't going to be able to get into the unis they wanted to get into and they really deserved to get into those unis, you know. And, like, it's very easy to people to, for people to just be, like, reset the exam, but you, you don't really... It's not like you're going to want to sit an exam, do you know what I mean? And they never even sat an exam in the first place. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like to an extent, obviously, qualifications and exams are important and it depends on what you want to, you know, go into when you're older. But me, personally... I just don't think that they are as important as everybody makes out. I just don't believe that it's the only thing that should define you and it's like an end-of-the-world situation if you don't succeed at them. Uh, and, it, and it upsets me to see that some of my mates feel like that because they're really, you know, beating themselves up about it even though they never even sat the exam. So, yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of... the 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 major feeling today from a lot of people that from what I've been getting from my friends it's just a lot of anger which is fair enough they're just angry at everyone <laughs> at the government and everything in the country and just the way the system works and I mean I've been angry at the system for ages but it's made me even angrier <laughs> um but yeah I think it's just it is a really difficult day people don't really know what to do with themselves um and yeah it sucks the system sucks. <laughs> bless. Bless. <clears throat> Carrying, I think, she feels, you know, in some sense it must be weird for Maddie because in, in one way she has gone an alternative route mm. and so doesn't have to go through the sort <clears throat> of the heat, feel the heat or the fire or the... And also she hasn't had that sort of narrative embedded within her system where she believes yeah. that's the course she needs to yeah. take you know i mean obviously as parents it's funny even as we were talking earlier about you know if she if she goes to do a ba in performing arts or whatever she doesn't need her, her degree uh, qualifications but of course even as parents one even as homeschooling parents you're always fearful for your children and i think this is something that's really important to say you know even in our decisions for maddie if you like the decision she makes for herself, none of us have a guarantee of success. Mm. You don't have a guarantee of success if you get a first-class honours degree from Oxford. Nothing gives you, know, you guarantee nothing anything. Nothing guarantees anything. So, you know, we're all panning for gold in this thing mm. called life. We're all panning for gold as parents. And I think one of the things we could just really do with some blue-sky thinking, as you rightly say, Nadia, is rethink the ways in which we can take some of the judgment or the sense of a cliff edge being fallen off away from youngsters. Take out the S word, stress. Yeah. And put in the I word, inspire. And take out the X word, exam. <laughs> no, E word. No, X word, Jesus. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da! <laughs>